0: everybody welcome back to another week and another show tara and alex back with you and more cardinals baseball to discuss that i for one still can't watch so we'll see how this show goes but alex lots has been discussed this week that has to do with the cardinals but not actually the current cardinals if that makes sense you've all heard by now and probably everyone has their opinions about the Albert Pujols release from Anaheim. I know I've talked about it a little bit to this point as well. You've had your conversations and your thoughts, but I need to know, Alex, how uh, how are you feeling about Albert Pujols no longer being uh, attached to any one team and the possibility of him continuing his career elsewhere? St. Louis, something that has nothing to do with the Cardinals? What are, where, where are we standing on all this right now?
1: Obviously, I love the idea of him in a Cardinals uniform, cranking home runs back where he truly belongs. Um, I say that as someone who has not done the math in terms of where would he fit in with this team, any of that stuff. I say that also as I don't know even where it stands in terms of what he thinks of himself as a player because i know in their immediate aftermath it was all this stuff like well he wants to play every day and all these people were like albert if you want to play every day you can just you know good luck out there you know but i'm a little suspect of that narrative it seems like and i i don't mean to let you imply anything sinister from the angels but it seems like something like the angels could have maybe exaggerated a tad to kind of explain it to their fan, not that they probably needed to really explain too much to their fans um, why they were letting him go, but just for the perspective of everyone else to say, like, yeah, this guy wanted to play every day, and obviously that's not going to happen with the type of production he he gives us now. I don't know, so I don't know if that's even true, and even if it is true, I don't know if because that's how he feels about himself in Anaheim, that's how necessarily he would feel about himself in St. Louis where maybe he would be more willing to accept the type of role he should be in. All this is to say, I really don't care about the logistics, the analysis, just the, I just want to daydream about him in a Cardinals uniform, hitting a Roy Hobbs, like home run and slow trot around the bases. Uh, That would be so cool. That would be so cool and it would bring it full circle in a perfect way and put a nice bow on it in terms of like the Cardinals got so lucky with Albert Pujols in that they got his awesome years in which they paid a barely anything for for the type of production they got and then he went to Anaheim and where he, he declined pretty rapidly and then came back for a nice, you know, beautiful swan song with the Cardinals where it was all, you know, hunky-dory and, you know, maybe he'll have like a Will Clark type tear, you know, and then, you know, hey, this is the Cardinals, right? This is what we do. We we, we, we turn these little things into devil magic and then everyone gets mad at us because all of a sudden Albert Pujols is slugging 550 or, or, or something like that. But I don't know. I, it, I don't know how you couldn't, even if you're like the most rational fan in the world, I don't know how you couldn't love the idea of Albert Pujols with the Cardinals.
0: Yeah. You know, I jumped right into this because when I talked about it with Daniel Shapta on Gateway to Baseball Heaven, this ended up being a very long conversation. (laughs) And I wanted to make sure we gave ourselves time to work through these thoughts because you're right. There's so much about this that... Is kind of fairy tale esque in the idea of a reunion with Albert Pujols in St. Louis at the end of his career when he's no longer, you know, I, I don't know, he's not what he once was, but he's still the guy that created a Hall of Fame worthy career in St. Louis, all of those pieces. But there are a lot of logistics that probably don't make sense. I think my constant response to that is I don't care. <laughs> Um I get that it probably isn't realistic in any fashion especially if part of the contention in Anaheim is that he didn't want to be a bench player if he wanted to play every day not even just as the DH but as a, a first baseman on a consistent basis those are things that aren't going to happen in St. Louis now The truth behind that, if that was kind of a piece of a larger puzzle, who really knows? I mean, Joe Madden is a master of kind of twirling a story to fit whatever it needs to in the moment. And that's, look, to his credit, he's been able to make that work in a lot of places to kind of create the uh, situation that he wants for his team. I don't know that that's going to fly as well with Albert Pujols, who's been around the block a little bit and at this point in his career doesn't really I can't imagine Albert being the kind of guy that's going to be swayed by some sort of managerial soliloquy (laughs) in terms of explaining what is or isn't happening but you know the front office appears to have been involved in that as well whether the release was going to happen because he got upset about playing time or he got upset about playing time because he wasn't playing because they were going to release him there's a lot of a lot of weird moving parts there that we obviously are unaware of. But, you know, as much as it doesn't make sense, it also would be so incredible. And uh, I I can't get past that part of it when I think about this. But I am curious. This is two organizations now where at least publicly the opinion or the perspective is that Albert Pujols felt slighted by the front office and that kind of led to the demise of the relationship. Look, I get every superstar in any sport has to have that complete confidence in themselves. We talked about this before, right? You want your superstar to be the guy that's like, no, I can do it. Give me the ball. And that creates some tension sometimes when you're like, M, I'm not sure you can anymore, actually, even though you still think you can. Is there enough time that has passed? I, I know we saw the great Albert Pujols return to St. Louis, and there, there seems to be a little softening of what once happened in St. Louis, now what is happening in Anaheim. Is there any concern in your mind about Again, in this sort of fairy tale scenario, bringing Albert back to St. Louis and the uh, drama that has been part of that story with now two different organizations when they've tried to say, hey, look, you maybe aren't what you once were. Let's talk about that. Uh, not
1: that doesn't concern me too much. Like Pujols is a proud player as he should be. If there's any lingering bitterness because of the negotiations back in 2011, then that's pretty ridiculous, in my opinion, Um, even if you still feel as though you are in the right. Uh, That was 10 years ago, and I I think that would reflect poorly on everyone involved. Uh, I would certainly hope the front office is – if the front office isn't going to go after Albert Pujols, and there's a very good chance that's not going to happen, I would certainly hope it would be because they just don't see a fit with the type of production he's, going, he's likely to give you, even with all the fairy tale narratives around it. I would certainly hope that would be the reason and not because, well, I'm still mad at him for what he said about us in the papers, you know, in January and February of 2012.
0: Yeah, I would I would hope so. But, <laughs> you know, weird things happen and and people uh, remember all those yeah. things. I mean, even fans remember. I've had a number of people in my, I think, one tweet about Albert Pujols. There were those who were saying, absolutely agree. I don't care what it takes. Bring him to St. Louis. And there were people who were saying how stupid are you for having that possible idea because it's dumb? (laughs) So, you know, that's Twitter, obviously, but it is, you know, there's, there are at least from the fan perspective, people who still Mm -hmm. remember it, people who still care about it, people who are still upset about the entire situation. And as emotional as that seems to be for Albert Pujols and his family, I am, I would be so curious to know what the, thought process there is because I I mean when when Yadier Molina is basically begging you (laughs) to come back and Nolan Arenado is giving you shout outs in his press conferences he has to know that that's happening that this is a conversation that is swirling I would love to to sort of get an inside look at what he thinks of all of that
1: well do you think that sort of public display of uh I mean I don't know how serious it was but Campaigning. I, I don't know if that's giving it too serious of a word for what Arenado and Yadi were doing, but do you think that annoys <laughs> like <laughs> the the people in the front office? Like, guys, come on! Like, what you're killing us over here. But, Probably, like, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, you know, I, I guess the way I look at it is obviously we care about the Cardinals, and, and we have more information at our disposal um, in terms of like contract negotiations and war and all this stuff to kind of help us be better informed in terms of, is this a good deal? Is this not a good, you know, that, that sort of kind of, I don't want to say like pretend GM thinking, but you know, that sort of analysis that a common fan will do that perhaps wasn't as prevalent 20 years ago. Um, That said, we are not the GM. Um, It is not our job to put this team in a position to succeed. Um, so we can daydream away about this, in my opinion, with no guilt, with nothing to apologize for, um, because I am not receiving a paycheck from what what's the address? Clark, something on Clark's. So I, I am not getting a, a a check every two weeks from that organization. Um, and that's good for everyone involved. That would be, uh, I should not be getting a check from, from that organization. So I, I am pretty content just daydreaming away and letting the people who are supposed to handle this, the adults in the room, handle it. While I just, again, think about Albert Pujols hitting his last home run as uh, Ben Humphrey laid it out very well, uh, kind of painted the picture on the most recent episode of uh, that Cardinals update podcast. And I was like, yes. Yes, exactly what you just said. Yes, seeing Albert Pujols hit his last home run in St. Louis, uh, I, I think would kind of close the book on this guy. Is this guy is a Cardinal? He is going yeah. in a Hall of Fame as a Cardinal. He's almost going to be exclusively remembered as a Cardinal.
0: Yeah, and not just because no one ever pays attention <laughs> to the Angels. Sorry about it, Mike Trout. Uh, no, I agree, and I think you know that to me is the piece of it that. I I don't care about the logic in the sense that it feels right for Albert Pujols to finish his career in baseball wearing the birds on the bat and especially to transition back to the current Cardinals a bit. If he was able to do that alongside Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina, who like, let's be honest. as as much as you and I talked about wanting the Cardinals to re-sign them if for no other reason than it gives people to watch Mm -hmm. I think they've taken it up a level from just giving people something to cheer for
1: yeah so I saw someone else bring this up that how amazing would it be to see those three go out together but then I started thinking well Albert sure this probably needs to be his last season in baseball but if if I know Yadir Molina like I do, which is what he allows us to know, I don't think he's looking at this as his last year in baseball. Yeah, Wainwright might be a different story because um even though he's pitching very well, he he's I could I could see him still being a very productive player next season. You know, he he has so many other you know, he obviously how can I put you know what I'm saying. I don't know exactly how to put this, but I could see him being like, you know what? I have so many other interests with, um, you know, I have a large family. I have all this stuff going on. It's time for me to step away. And that doesn't mean, I'm not implying like Yachty or Molina doesn't care about those things too. But I think you know what I'm saying. I think you know what I'm saying.
0: Yadier's so- been a bit more singularly focused. And Weino kind of has expanded what his platform means and what that looks like. And there's a difference in, not that either one of them is more or less competitive than the other. But I, I do understand that it seems like... At some point, Wayno could step away from baseball and be totally satisfied with the career that he's had. At this point, I don't get that feeling that if if Yadier Molina steps away from baseball, he's just going to be totally satisfied with that.
1: I think he's going to have to be dragged off that deal, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I hope when that time comes that it's not it's, it's not uh, it's not a sad thing to see, but. Right. Gosh, he he looks great right now, and I I I wouldn't want him to step away. I, same with Wainwright, and which is funny considering where maybe our heads were on Wainwright two or three seasons ago.
0: Yeah, let's just talk about that for a quick second because I I ha- can go on and on about Adam Wainwright in so many ways, but just from the baseball perspective, like it's been a long time since I've seen him or heard him talk about what, how comfortable he is on the mound with the, the sort of ease and consistency. And there's not this kind of lingering, am I healthy? Am I not? Am I too old? Am I done? It's just this really quiet confidence. That's like, uh, it's a different, it's a different feel for me. I don't know. Maybe you aren't, seeing it the same way. And you can speak to that. But it feels different for me this year than it has in a long time, because it feels like he's not worried about whether or not he's good enough. And he has been for a while since, you know, some repeated injuries and a couple of years where he couldn't quite figure out what to do with that. And now he's just doing his thing. And there's not the hesitation that we've seen from him in a number of years recently. And that's Pretty cool to see with someone, you know, who's closing in on 40, which as I guess was a, a point of contention in a press conference, nothing wrong with 40. It's just the the fact that <laughs> he's been around the game for quite a while.
1: He's just so steady. Yeah. And, and I don't just mean on the baseball field, but just the way he, his whole persona, like I, I couldn't picture what him... I'm sure it happens, but I I couldn't picture what him losing his temper looks like. He he seems yeah. to just always kind of be in control of his body and his mind, um, in a way that that is pretty admirable. It used to be kind of frustrating um, for me, at least a couple. I, I'm thinking back again, two or three seasons ago, when he would have like a particularly bad outing, and then in the post game, he would be very unconcerned about it he would just kind of say like you know i just i i you know obviously i didn't have a good day but i i i felt like my stuff was there but i just wasn't quite executing like i like i need to but i will next time and again that was always after a while kind of just like come on man Uh, but now i think i get it now i think it's part of kind of what makes him tick which is that he's really good at focusing on what's ahead of him and i I don't know if that's partly responsible for the success he's having, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me. Um, He he just seems to always have his mind right.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think maybe some of that contributes to what you were the comparison you were uh, making about him and Yadier Molina, uh, in the sense that Adam Wainwright has always, I shouldn't say always, in recent years, kind of made it very clear that baseball is what he does, and it's what he loves, but it's not everything that his life is about. And I think you see that reflected in a little bit of that mindset where he can go from, man, I'm really mad at myself for giving up that walk that cost me the ninth inning or whatever it is, but then slip right into, but the best way to move on from that is to just look forward instead of dwelling on something behind me because he has that ability. He has that perspective on life that is a little more steady, I think is a really good word that that you used about it. And it it shows up in those post-game press conferences, but also in that kind of steadiness on the mound. And it's, man, I'm, I'm so glad that we're getting a chance to see this version of Adam Wainwright and see this chapter of his career play out like it has. And man, it's incredibly important for this team to have that kind of pitching, especially early on when he was the only one that really looked like he was where he needed to be to start off the season. Of course, the Cardinals have kind of righted that ship. They have the uh the, to their tie for the best record in the National League right now as we're recording this. I believe only Boston has a better record overall in baseball than the Cardinals at 21 and 14, uh plus 23 run differential, which is pretty solid considering all the times that they've scored no, no runs <laughs> at all in consecutive games. Uh, Alex I know that the the wave of a season kind of goes from us saying man this team looks terrible I can't believe they look so bad to they won six in a row and then lost a couple and then started off another win streak they look amazing (laughs) so where do you kind of land with what this team looks like right now in terms of yes the wins and losses but also how they're getting to those
1: I feel very good about this team. And, you know, that could be disrupted a little bit with the news today that Carlos Martinez is heading to the 10-day IL, I think, retroactively back to, uh, what, Sunday, maybe? Um, I think so, yeah. But what con- what was concerning early on, it-, it was not that they were, like, you know, kind of a middling team around 500, Um or even that they weren't always like it seemed like you know they would have an outburst with the offense and then not score. What was concerning to me was they were getting their brains beaten in uh, for, the, for a couple <laughs> times the first couple weeks uh, or, or maybe first ten days. Um, but the pitching really kind of settled down, both both the starting rotation and the and the relief pitching, and that's evident in that what would you say what's the run differential plus 23 right plus now 23 yeah right and and that's largely been built in the last what two and a half weeks i would say so i i i i feel as though what we've seen the last three weeks is a much better snapshot than what we saw early on which is you know n- neither is probably that great but i i feel as though this is a good team i it's 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 interesting. It, it feels like a Cardinals team in that there's not a hitter who's going. There, there's not a hitter who's going to be like leading the league in WRC plus or slugging or anything like that. In fact, you know what? <laughs> I was, but, but I'll get to this in a second. But it's but it's a, a team that's complete and still somehow man is going to manage to win like 90 games or something, just like the 2014 team or. Uh, basically every team since Albert Pruholz left. Uh, and speaking of that, when I said like, you know, this is going to be a typical Cardinals team where they don't have a guy who's like leading the league and slugging. Albert Pruholz in his last season with the Cardinals, and I'm, I'm going to talk about this again a little later in the trip of the week, That that was kind of like when people first noticed like, yeah, he's starting to decline a little bit. He's He's not walking as much as he used to, which maybe means pitchers aren't quite as afraid of him anymore. It was the first time he didn't bat 300, although he did bat 299. Um, and his slugging was down. You know, he used to always kind of be above that you know, very impressive 600 mark, and he slugged 541 that year. Um, you want to know how many Cardinals since then have slugged 541? <laughs> Again, the worst Albert Pujols slugged while he was a Cardinal, zero. The highest slugging percentage by a Cardinal – since Pujols left was Matt Carpenter 523 in 2018. And, and so that's kind of my point like we've always we've had a lot of these teams where they just somehow gel. I, I don't know if this is what, why it drives everyone crazy why we always end up beating Fakota <laughs> by uh you, you know 10 games and maybe I'm going to regret this when uh the, the team just ends up being mediocre and only wins 82 games or something this year. But I don't see that from this team right now. Um, Obviously we're hoping the pitching staff isn't going to be banged up. We're hoping Michaelis can come back um, sooner rather than later. I think he's making another rehab start. I think I saw maybe tonight. Mm -hmm. Is that if I, Uh, something
0: like that. Yeah. Okay.
1: Sometime soon. Um, he would certainly be nice to have back even if he's not quite the same Miles Michelis as 2018 I mean I'll take the I'll gladly take the 2019 version that was fine too um, but I think this is a good team and, and and I also think the NL Central is and I'm not I'm not giving the NL Central credit for basically being so idle you know in the offseason but it's a little better than I think we thought the division as a whole is going to be um, Pittsburgh is exactly what we thought they were. <laughs> I think the Cubs the Cubs are weird. I can, yeah. The Cubs are the weirdest team. To well,
0: me. here since you since you brought since you brought that up, I pulled up uh, some player stats as you were talking about slugging uh, in the National League currently. Nolan Arenado is. 13th in slugging at 5.11. So, again, in comparison to the Albert Pujols' uh, worst season, that's where he stands. Okay, but here's the thing that's interesting. In the top 10, Chris Bryant leads the National League at 6.50. Uh, right here, yeah then Javi Baez is at eight. And then again, within the NL Central, Jesse Winker for Cincinnati, Nick Castellanos, and Tyler Naquin for Cincinnati are all in the top 10 in slugging right now. So to your point, it's not that there isn't offense in the NL Central. There's other weird things happening, and specifically with the Cubs, like a few players are playing well, are hitting well, but as you might have noticed, there's no uh, Anthony Rizzo in that list. There's no one other than those two who were in the top 10 for the Cubs in the top 25 in slugging for the National League. So weird dynamic for the Cubs, to be sure.
1: Yeah, I, I know. And I know baseball is always weird. The first month or six weeks mm-hmm. of the season that's why we saw the royals and you know in first place and now what in fourth or what, wherever yeah. they are now i don't you know barely quick any fall from yeah quick, fourth might be exaggerating. i haven't looked but they're but they're under 500 i know that but the cubs uh you, you know how we were complaining like i said earlier about like this cardinal you know feast or famine blah blah, blah. Yeah. the cubs are just that to the umph degree, where, where they would have like a series where they would barely get on base, and then they're scoring like ten runs a game, you know, mm-hmm. and so they're the hardest team to figure out to me i I think Cincinnati's going to be like a, a seventy nine or eighty one team and you know i I think they might uh, I don't think that's giving them too much credit, but maybe it is and and they <laughs> certainly have an offense that's scary, especially when they're in their own ballpark and Milwaukee's going to be tough. Um, but, but my my main point, though, is that I, I think the division is going to be a little more competitive than perhaps everyone expected it to be.
0: And that makes what the Cardinals are doing right now all the more important because they you know, it's not like they're building some sort of Dodgers of the last couple of years not this year but in years past you know by the all-star break they have a 12 game lead or something like that (laughs) this is not the situation that they're in but I I mentioned this last week with Daniel Shapta again and I think what was so important to me in that six game winning streak and even you know recovering after a, a loss or two after that streak is that what we're seeing is consistent production not always the same way sometimes it's home runs sometimes it's taking advantage of mistakes. Sometimes they score 10 runs. Sometimes they score two runs. It's consistency in the pitching where Jack Flaherty settled in and Carlos Martinez has looked good. Again, the trip to the IL, not really part of the plan. Uh, Maybe don't celebrate so much on a home run next time. Um, I'm kidding. Listen, freak things happen. Let's not jump Carlos Martinez for being excited because Jack Flaherty hit a home run. Everyone just... (laughs) take a breath. It's going to be okay. Um, <laughs> Adam Wainwright pitching well.
1: That, that is an injury that would only happen to Carlos, so yeah, That's yeah.
0: That's true. That's probably better. <laughs> Slipping down the steps in the dugout. But nonetheless, not a he was being super irresponsible injury like some people are going to try to make it out to be. Nonetheless, the pitching has looked good. The bullpen, even without Jordan Hicks, which is something we haven't really talked about, has still held steady. They've looked a little looked a little precarious at times, but they have managed more often than they have not. And it's that consistency that allows you to create a winning streak like that. And it wasn't just teams like the Pirates. It wasn't just the Rockies. Now, this trip that includes the Brewers and the Padres is definitely going to be an interesting test because the competition level goes up a little bit, I would think, um, in this road trip. But that ability to put back-to-back wins together back-to-back-to-back wins to do it with different people mixed in the lineup as necessary uh to see Dylan Carlson who uh, on the uh I was looking at those stats I believe if you flip over and look at OPS in the National League of course Nolan Arenado still leads the Cardinals he's in 16th place overall Dylan Carlson is 18th so just a couple of spots behind him on the OPS leaderboard in the National League so all of those things evening out, I feel like you do that. I feel good about this team right now. I think because we've seen them look good and then look terrible a lot in the last couple of years, it's a little hard to establish what that baseline is, what the expectation is over the course of a full season. But this feels like more of what we thought they could be. And, you know, we haven't even seen what hopefully will be the best of guys like Paul Goldschmidt yet. So there's room for other players to continue to step up and, and make an impact that we haven't yet seen, which is a good place to be in when you're feeling good about what you've been able to put together, leading the division at this point in the season. And you know that there's still more in the tank, whether it's from Michaelis, whether it's from uh, you know, whatever happens with, with Jordan Hicks. I, I don't think anyone's anticipating him coming back anytime soon, but you know, there are there are guys waiting in the wings in one way or another that can still contribute more than they have which um again feels like a good thing for this team to have in their back pocket when they're already playing pretty well
1: yeah it's it's a team that i i think on paper and certainly to the eye test has uh just a great defense very good defense and um For the most part, the starters aren't walking a lot of batters. Um, You know that. I guess John Gant, notwithstanding, in that that awful game (laughs) last. uh, what was that Thursday? That the yeah, Yeah. it's the same day the Pujols news broke. Uh, The game against the Mets, where they walked eleven batters, Um, and you know, defense matters. You know that stuff. That stuff certainly matters, and and it's it's important in those like one run games, which they've, uh, I was about to say, which they've been winning, which I haven't, I haven't backed that up with, but I feel as though they're doing pretty well in one run games. I should, I should look that up. And and I feel like that's where defense can often come into play. And what well, they're nine and O against Florida, Pittsburgh and Colorado. Uh, so they have, you know, you want to beat the bad teams. You don't expect to go nine and oh even, you know, so, if they can play 600 ball against bad teams and then keep their head above water against everyone else, they're going to be just fine. So yeah. I feel very good about this team. I I, like, I appreciate a team that beats the teams you really expect them to be when you're looking at the schedule and you see like a team like the Padres coming up. I think it wasn't was the 2010 team um, who would just seem talented you know, they ha- it was the first full season of Matt Holiday, so they finally got some Pujols, some you know, real help um, in that lineup because you know, after you know, kind of after the MV3 years, it, it seemed like uh, you know, you had Albert Pujols, so and then you kind of it wasn't, it wasn't the greatest offense in the world. But I feel like that team, and I'll have to go back and look, I feel like that team should have probably won the division, but they just could not beat really bad teams, and it was maddening. Um, yeah. I could just be making this up. Uh, but I feel like that is my memory of that 2010 team. So it is nice to at least, you don't want the season to end and be like, yeah, you know why we're not in the playoffs? Because we lost two of three to the Tigers. You, know, you, know, you, yeah. you don't, yeah. don't want to have to say that. And, and right yeah. now, even though it's early, uh, they're, they're doing just what you would want in that category.
0: Yeah, not not just in, in years as far back as 2010, but I think even more recently, this team would have felt like the Rockies coming into town, especially with the the newly, uh, you know, exaggerated kind of storyline between them because of Arenado. that, oh, this is a series they should easily win and they would have gotten swept. <laughs> it feels like that's a thing that has happened in the recent past. So you're right to beat the team's that are you know clearly not on the same trajectory at this point that you you know that may not make your season but it can break it if you don't win those games and uh, the challenge then is stepping that up a notch when you take on teams like this road trip with the brewers and uh and the padres but Feel pretty good about them where they're at right now. I don't know how an Albert Pujols reunion (laughs) will fit into that or could fit into that, though it would be wildly entertaining to watch. And, uh, you know, from the emotional fan standpoint that we all we all have those moments, uh, it would there'd be a lot of full circle emotions if if that were to happen, especially with the uh, the then trio of Adam Wainwright. Your Molina and Albert Pujols. So, you know, if you want to jump on the Nolan Arenado shout out, uh, I think Albert Pujols is a lot of people's favorite player. And we'll just uh, we'll just leave it at that. Except that I believe, Alex, uh, your chirp of the week will give us one more note on the Albert Pujols saga.
1: Yeah. Uh, first, I want to know, I just looked it up. The Cardinals are four and three in one run game. So... Whatever, <laughs>
0: I you know they're they, winning more than they're not. They've won more than they've <laughs> lost,
1: so uh, that's that's good. Uh, so I guess what I said wasn't totally full of crap. Uh, <laughs> okay, so one thing I always loved about Albert Pujols' his time with the Cardinals is he was kind of like the way Mike Trout is now, which is like he never seemed to start slow. He always seemed to be Albert Pujols from like opening day until the end of the season. Like like, it seemed like by April 12th, he was hitting 330. Uh, (laughs) You know, he had an on base of 440 and was slugging like 64. You know, it it just he was immediately Albert Pujols out of the gate. At least that's my memory. If someone wants to show, well, you forgot about 2007. You know, by all means, let me know. But that that's my memory of Albert Pujols, and he was just so consistent. And to the point that when even when his worst season, if you want to take his worst slash line, even if you wanted to, the, his worst combined slash line, meaning if you wanted to cherry pick the worst from his years in St. Louis, w- would be his 2011 season when he batted 299, 366 on base, and a 541 uh, slugging. Again, no Cardinal has slugged above 541 since he left. And that that equals out to a 9.06 OPS. Only one Cardinal has had an OPS better than that since Pujols left. And that was Tommy Pham in 2017 (laughs) when he had a 9.31 OPS. Uh, What a crazy season that was, Tommy Pham. I mean, obviously Tommy Pham is a very, very good baseball player. But he was just... I mean, he was just... Insane that, like, like, you know, he did that 300, 400, 500 thing. It was just out of, I don't want to say out of nowhere, but he was like on a mission that year. That was, that was maybe the only good thing about 2017 that I <laughs> that i can remember. But anyway, I also have this image in my head of Pujols just feasting on the NL Central when he was a Cardinal. Um, and so I wanted to look at his splits and see who he did the worst against. In the NL Central and see who he did his best. Um, And I didn't include the Astros because, you know, they're no longer in the NL Central. But also, he played against them a lot, obviously, with his current team. And we know his numbers with his current team have not quite been the same. So those numbers are a little skewed. Uh, I'm sure if I could have done a few more things to just uh, whittle it down to when he was a Cardinal against the Astros. But I didn't feel like taking that extra step. I, I just looked at the. The splits for his career. So this might include a few interleague games um, when he was an Angel and played against some of these NL Central squad squads. But let me tell you how he did at his worst against an NL Central team. Okay. Against the Cubs, he he did the worst against the Cubs. Of <laughs> when we're talking about the Cubs, Reds, Pirates, and Brewers, and he okay. hit two ninety seven, three ninety eight, six thirteen. Slug 613 for a 1.011 OPS. And that's in 794 plate appearances. He hit 57 home runs against the Cubs. 146 RBIs and 129 runs scored. And again, that's the worst he did against any NL Central team. And he had an OPS um, above 1,000. Best, for some reason in my head, I thought it was going to be the Reds. But it was, hmm. in fact, the Pirates. And I, and I think that's actually well-known. I think I do remember people saying, like in a broadcast recently, how well he used to hit against the Pirates. But this is what he did against the Pirates in 787 plate appearances for his career. 359, 445 on base, 668 slugging for a 1.113 OPS with 50 home runs. 153 RBIs and 146 runs scored. Again, that's in wow. 787 plate appearances. And the good thing about Pujols being on the angels is they're on the West coast. So I haven't really seen a lot of Albert Pujols games. I have to be honest since he left St. Louis, uh, you know, 162 games is a lot to watch of your own team. It's hard to find time to watch other teams. So, I've been lucky in that I haven't had to watch the not-so-great Albert Pujols because when he was with the Cardinals, that did not exist. He was nothing but great. At his worst, he was better than 99% of almost everyone else. Uh, You know, that season I just said, his worst season with the Cardinals, 2011, 299, 366, 541. That's a career year for a lot of guys, for almost every player. But not Albert Pujols. That was his worst season with the Cardinals, and I think that's why so many people have such strong feelings for him. And are it's very hard to separate the logic from the just. I just need. I just want to see this guy in a Cardinals uniform hitting home runs. And if anything. I took his time with the Cardinals a little bit for granted. And I almost regret the fact that because I don't live in, I don't live in the area. I I, I didn't have access to all the games and I didn't start watching. I didn't decide, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and get the MLB uh, extra innings package and watch every single game until like 2011. So I missed a lot of these games. And those of you in in the area who or who were watching every single game should feel so lucky that you were smart enough to realize we're not going to see this in a very long time, if ever, again, a player like this. So I'm going to make sure I can watch him as often as I possibly can. And who knows, maybe we'll get to see him one more time with the Cardinals. But whatever the case, he was awesome. He's so good. And that's your trip of the week.
0: I'm glad you said what you did about maybe taking that part of his career for granted, because as you were going through all those numbers, and I know we've talked about this before, you know, it's, it's a little bit hard to maybe recognize what you're seeing as it's happening, but to think back on that and to think what hasn't been there for the Cardinals since then, it's easy to say, oh, they haven't had a hitter as good as Albert Pujols since he left. but. To see the numbers and the the discrepancy between what has been good since Albert Pujols left and what was great when he was there, it just it really does solidify that. And I kind of feel like I'm back in those days where you don't get access to uh, to all the games all the time because, as I've mentioned, I still am having issues with the cable provider recognizing the subscription that is not for Indiana Pacers basketball but is in fact. For uh, St. Louis baseball and other St. Louis sports, still trying to figure that dilemma out, but nonetheless, those Albert Pujols years, I do kind of wish we could relive them in with the with the current knowledge, the current context of what baseball looks like, and you know, see how much more, just how much more amazed. I would be how much more amazed we would be if we could kind of look at it within the context of going, man, this, this guy, this is not something that we're probably going to see again in, you know, for a long time in the way that St. Louis tends to build this organization and um, to get that, to have those years and to have the best years of Albert Pujols will always be pretty incredible. And part of the legacy of some of the best players in baseball that, you know, Cardinals fans got to see up close and personal if they were there or you know just kind of read about (laughs) from a distance if they weren't so Albert Pujols still a legend and even if he were to come back to St. Louis clearly not going to put up numbers like that but that's not the point in him coming back to St. Louis it just it would just feel right and sometimes that's that's uh you know enough of a reason to dream about it right that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to leave it at that for today. Now, this was at one point going to be uh, the last episode for me before I, you know, go off and do that whole wedding thing for a little bit and then come back later on in the season. We may actually have a special interview episode for you next week. So just kind of keep an eye out. We'll let you know what's going on with the show. And Alex will have a couple of weeks to uh to entertain you without me and we'll see what happens there as we go on throughout the month but uh, hopefully by the time i'm back i'm able to watch games a little more regularly and contribute a bit more than just the very general opinions and ideas uh about non-cardinals players at the moment we'll see what happens (laughs) but for now thanks to alex for hanging out talking baseball with me once again thanks to you for listening and we will talk to you again Well, I was going to say real soon, but sort of soon, (laughs) eventually, someday down the road.